0: Hey, peeps, it's Kristen Chadwick, your host with Holistic Hearts, and we have another phenomenal show ahead. I was able to interview an Enneagram coach, Sarah Waxman, and you guys, this conversation is so much fun because we dive deep into the conversation of why understanding your Enneagram is helpful to know how to parent your children. Because when we start to become aware of our own um, personality, our own baseline of who we are, we can start to understand our children around us. Whether you are a teacher, a parent, a counselor, this episode is so helpful. I encourage you to take some time to really listen And um, towards the end of this podcast, we get into more specifics of certain types of Enneagrams and with our kids, um, uh, different ways that we can meet them exactly where they are at in their personality as well. It was such a delight to just get to dive in deeper to some specifics with Sarah. And she is a phenomenal coach. So I encourage you to go check out her website, go check out her Instagram. And get her free resource that's available now um, in the link below. And to be sure to get that um, a little note in your noggin that in 2022, she is coming out with a brand new book called The Student Enneagram. And it is jam packed with tools that we can bring as parents into the conversation, into our parenting, and um, really seeing our child as a whole being. And um, you know, I'm all about that holistic vibe going on. So um, be sure to put a note in your Amazon to order in 2022 her book that is mentioned in this show. All right. One more thing before we go. If you are interested in joining us in this month's book club, please check the link below in the show notes and come join us. If you're not quite there, come join us in December. We are going to be doing a beautiful devotional um, throughout the month of December. We are going to have to order it as soon as possible. Ladies, if you want to join me in December's Advent devotional, Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful book that I cannot wait to dive in alongside you. All right. I think that's it. I love you guys please reach out. I want to hear your questions. What in this episode is striking you? What are some more questions that you have? We have an um, abundance of tools, of resources that we can help answer your questions. So please feel free to write in to the show, email me, find me on social media, join our Facebook group, come and join our Holistic Hearts community. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Holistic Hearts. I'm Kristen Chadwick, your host, and I have a special guest on the show. Her name is Sarah Waxman, and she is a phenomenal Enneagram coach, which is what I've been longing for on the show, is to come and spread the love of Enneagram and um, help you guys dig in from baseline to the deep conversations of our November book club. Um, So welcome on the show, Sarah. Thank
1: you. So excited to be here and share all the knowledge, whatever knowledge you want.
0: (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, I, yeah, like I said, I feel like I could ask you a million questions to um, help understand Enneagram, to dive deeper into Enneagram. But first I want to hear what what is your story? What do you, what do you do? Um, how did you find the Enneagram? All of those things.
1: Sure. So I was a middle school teacher for 10 years. Um, I just resigned this past July to pursue full-time Enneagram coaching, um, and speaking. And a couple of years ago, I was introduced to the Enneagram and, at first, I only really just used it for myself um, to become you know, more self-aware, to become the best version of me for my family. And during that school year, I started to see my kids differently. So I taught, um, over the last 10 years, I've taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. This Love year in particular that I'm speaking about, I had sixth and seventh graders. Wow. And I just started to wonder if you could apply the Enneagram in the classroom to build those better connections, to, to have, you know, maybe some of the more challenging students or the struggling students um, become more engaged. Mm. And I started to Google all of the things, Enneagram and parenting, Enneagram and education, Enneagram and the classroom. And there just wasn't, there was a few things on parenting, but there really at the time wasn't anything about using it in the classroom or using it in education and also in my research I learned that there was such a thing as Enneagram coaching (laughs) and so when I learned that I was like okay I need to become certified and fill this gap in the in the education space because I've been in it for 10 years I really think that it could be powerful um you know while we don't type kids because you're the only person who can type yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't truly know anyone else's core motivations, Mm -hmm. but when you study the entire Enneagram and understand all of the different types, then you can start to understand um, patterns and tendencies and just notice where you might think kids are
0: Mm.
1: and parent them, educate them, engage with them in ways that speaks to their own Enneagram language, because that's what it is. The Enneagram is a new language that you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you new words to use to describe why you do things the way you do, why you feel the way that you feel, why you think the way that you think. And it just, it, um, you know, really helps you to see life from someone else's perspective because not everyone thinks the same way that you do. And until you are able to really understand that there's going to be a lot of miscommunication mm. and misunderstandings and a lot of things taken personally yeah. and, um, you know, figuring out how to apply it to your life, to yourself, to your family, to your kids, yeah. coworkers, it's just life-changing when yeah. you really dig in and apply
0: it. Yeah. I love that you started to apply it with like, how do I see my students in this way and, or my kids? I love because I, we had talked before a little bit of my son. He has kind of been on the Enneagram journey with me. So he's listened to podcasts with me and he would be like, Oh, I think I'm a type four. And then, um, cause he's pretty like a deep, creative. Um, he's comfortable with those like real dark places <laughs> and, and he has been since he was little, but then, um, the more and more we started talking about it, he was like, no, I actually think I'm a six cause I get really scared. And like, I'm always thinking about what's going to happen. And, and then we started listening to the sleeping at last album, which is a beautiful album, which I'm going to post that link below. Um, And he was like, Nope, definitely a type six. Uh, That's where I'm at. But I share all that because it's been insightful for me as a mom to know that core desire of like, he just wants to be included and loyal into his family. And so it's been super insightful. And for me to learn how to think like him, like what you were saying, to know what he's how he's processing, how he's thinking, feeling. So yeah, I love that you put that together. When you are working with a client as an Enneagram coach, what is your most common question or um, problem, quote unquote, uh, that somebody would come to you and say, I need help here what what are you finding as you are coaching clients in the enneagram
1: so my clients are seeking to better understand themselves um they are parents um i haven't had well i haven't had any teachers go through the entire program yet um i've my i've had some teachers in my workshops and um, in like doing typing sessions, but my, my full package has, has so far only been parents and they want to understand who they are better mm-hmm. so that they can change their life at home and understand their children better, understand their spouse better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a quote that I use a lot in my, uh, content. I've put it in my book, um, It's from Dan Siegel, who wrote The Whole Brain Child. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he says, as children develop, their brains mirror their parents' brain. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, the parents' own growth and development or lack of those impact the child's brain. As parents become more aware and emotionally healthy, their children reap the rewards and move towards growth as well. That means that integrating and cultivating our own brain is one of the most loving and generous gifts you can give to your children. Mm -hmm. And so that is my whole premise in what I do. So I work with the adult because when the adult changes and when the adult is able to reflect and become self-aware and truly step into the person that they were born to be, Mm -hmm. those changes are going to trickle down and they're going to impact the children in their life, whether it's their own children, whether it's the students they teach. And I, you know, with teachers, kids are with their teachers more during the school year than their own parents. So teachers truly do have a huge impact and they can give that gift to kids who aren't theirs, um, who aren't their own kids. But the adult adult doing the work on themselves Mm -hmm. positively impacts a child, and that would change the trajectory of that child's life. And so that's my overall mission is helping
0: the kids, but doing it through the adults. That's amazing. And something that I talk about quite a bit on here is we have to do the healing of our own hearts before we really can tackle those things that are showing up in our kids. And I love that because it really does. And I've seen it in my four kids as my husband and I have grown of like the more that we tap into our own story, our own awareness, um, the more that we can approach it without all the emotions attached, you know? Um, so, so with the Enneagram, what, how does that, um, play out? So like, say I'm, Uh, mom, I'm a teacher. I'm a mom and a teacher. How about that? (laughs) I'm a mom and a teacher who, um, I don't even know where to begin with who I am as a Enneagram. Like what's my number? There's, there's nine numbers. Um, don't know what those nine numbers are. How would I even begin to start that process of healing of awareness of all of that? You.
1: Yeah, so I 100% recommend digging into all the types. Mm. Um I know a lot of people ask for what's the best online assessment that I can take and my response is none of them. <laughs> um they're a good starting point, I guess, but you don't want to take those results um and like take them to the bank. You you yeah. really want to dive in to each type and learn about each type and see what one resonates most with you. Because the thing with online assessments is there, the questions are asking about behaviors and we all can demonstrate the same behavior, but for a variety of reasons. Mm. And the Enneagram taps into the core motivations behind the behaviors. So, you know, for example, if you like to keep your house clean, okay. Is the motivation because you like everything to be neat and orderly? Is the motivation because you don't want a surprise visitor who show up at the door and have <laughs> you know people think that your life is chaotic? Um, is it because you want your home to be comfortable and welcoming? Like those are all different reasons mm. for the same action, the same behavior. And the Enneagram assessments online, you can't possibly tap into all those reasonings with one question. Yeah. Um, so definitely recommend, you know, looking and studying all the types yourself or doing a typing session with a certified coach Okay. because that will be the fastest way, um,
0: to, to really nail down what your type is. Okay. So what does that look like? What's a typing session?
1: So for me, um, when clients come and do typing sessions, for me, that's an hour to an hour and a half session. Um, we go through preliminary information. And then from from the preliminary, we break it down to probably the top three types okay. and then just dig deeper into each of those. It's a conversation. So each session is different. Each session is personalized. Um, and it's you know, back and forth trying to get down to, okay, what are your reasons behind this behavior that you can't do by reading a book Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, taking an assessment or listening to your podcast while all of those things are great because it deepens your knowledge of everything. Mm -hmm. It's really more so of that conversation,
0: um, and directing and guiding. Got it. So like me, which I've been pretty honest on my show of like, I really don't know exactly what my type is. And I've like read, I've talked to experts. I mean, it is a long journey of being like, Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm a four. Sometimes I'm a nine. (laughs) Sometimes I'm a two. (laughs) So absolutely. That would be so valuable, especially for somebody like me or, or is feeling like, well, I'm not quite sure. Some days I feel this way. That would be an excellent tool for people to um, dive in one-on-one with you and really go deeper into the reasonings why. I love that. Um, I would love for you to talk about your book, um, that's coming out soon and sure. it will be available early 2022. So let's, let's talk about that. Cause I'm really excited about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd love talking about my book. (laughs) Um, It's called The Student Enneagram. Um, Like I said, when I first got introduced to the Enneagram, I started researching, you know, Enneagram and parenting, the Enneagram in the classroom. And there was not really anything on using it in the classroom. And so I wanted to fill that space. I wanted to create the thing that I was looking for. And I did. And so what this is, um, it's a guide for teachers, administrators, parents, even counselors mm-hmm. um, to understand, see some insights or get gain some insights yeah. into the behaviors and tendencies of their students. Um, the primary audience is, you know, educators, um, school staff, secondary audiences, parents, especially homeschooling parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, you know, the world of virtual school right now, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it goes through all nine types from a child's lens. Wow. So you see, um, preferred classroom environment, um, learning style, communication style, what their work ethic is like. So it has all of the core motivations, their fears, desires, which those don't change from, you know, re- uh, resource to resource, mm-hmm. But it is specifically giving you insight into what students are like um, as each type. And it's, you know, usable for K through 12, elementary, middle and high school students. It's, you know, I've had some questions. Could this be used in college? It can, but it's really written about the classroom Um, and college classrooms are just much different than a typical middle school or elementary or high school classroom. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the end of each section, there's a questionnaire that's, does your student do some of these things to help you try and figure out maybe where they are? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some bullet points of what adults said they were like mm-hmm. as kids who know what their types are now, okay. um, and how they were in school. And then there's some um, personal accounts. So I have in each type specific section, um, several paragraphs written by adults of, you know, like a four wing three, a eight wing nine yeah. sharing their account of what school was like for them. So you have the information and then you have real life experiences from adults looking back on their childhood and their patterns at school. So you can really kind of gauge and see where these kids are and then use the information to connect with them better, to engage with them and help them learn in ways that work for them because everyone's different.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I'm curious as um, – because I, I do know there's a lot of teachers that listen um, to Holistic Hearts. Um, I know specifically of an art teacher, a music teacher, um, and just how that would play out in a room full of different seemingly types because you can't really type the child yet. Right. So how, how would you take what you're learning in your book – and apply it into the classroom, like what would that look like as an example? Say say there's a kiddo that is um, very artistic and wiggly and um, always says off the chain things or, you know, just very outside the box thinker. I'm thinking like a, they're probably like a type four. <laughs> that would be my guess. <laughs> but like, how would you come alongside that child and, and teach to their heart in that? scenario
1: so if you have a creative thinker if you have um an artistic child you know they're probably and this is super generalizing I know (laughs) um, without you know not knowing this (laughs) child um but if you have someone who prefers to draw or who prefers to build or prefers to you know do something with their hands when you are going in to assess their skills, instead of having one uh, one size fits all assessment, you know one way to, to to see how these kids really have they learned what you're asking them to learn is give them an assessment that fits their um, strengths. Okay. Like a, a child who would prefer to draw would probably do better making a project as opposed to writing a report. Okay. Um, a kid who's super wiggly, um, might do better at a stand-up desk or with, you know, a bouncy ball as a seat, mm-hmm. um, or doodling. And these are all things that Teachers do. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things that they're already implementing, but for different reasons. And instead of um you know trying to guess what might work for a child, when you can, you know, look into their patterns and understand, okay, maybe they are a four, then we might be better fit to understand that they're probably going to do better when they're inspired. Mm. And they're going to be inspired by something different than probably what I'm going to assign. Mm -hmm. So does it really matter if they do the work that I want them to do? Or does it matter that they have learned the skill? Mm. And the answer is you want them to learn the skill. So let them show you how they've learned it in a way that's going to inspire them to do their best work.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's let's move it just a bit to parenting. So how would you take that home um, in a certain scenario? Maybe it's chores or something with that same kiddo. What, how would that go?
1: Tapping into motivations. Okay. Um, you know, chores. Some kids like to do them. Like, I mean, if you have a type one child, they're probably going to be doing the chores before you ask them to. Because oh, man, where
0: are my type one children? <laughs>
1: as, that's what they do. Um, you know, others... You know, your fours, um, I'm a four, so I can speak to, to this. <laughs> I do have to be inspired. I mean, even as an adult, like I struggle to get things done throughout the day. Um, If I am just not feeling like doing the laundry, I have to find a way to like be inspired by doing the laundry. Um So what is that? So I you? was... <laughs> the kid my room was never my my dad is a one so my <laughs> that was like a huge thing was my room was always expected to be perfectly neat and clean like white gloves you know? <laughs> um and it wasn't and it, it was this constant struggle with i would do enough to appease um because i didn't like to get in trouble but i also didn't understand purpose like why does it have to be clean so as you know an adult wanting their child to do something if you can tap into things that motivate them or you know reasons why that makes sense to them Mm -hmm. because something's going to make sense differently to a four than a one Mm -hmm. a one's going to do it because they need the order they need the neatness and that's what they want but a four you know, sometimes the mess can inspire them. Like <laughs> sometimes the mess can can make them like think better. I don't know, yeah. but it's really, it's really understanding who they are and understanding that they see things differently than you do and to be okay with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm not saying to let them not follow your rules. I'm not saying to not put guidelines and boundaries on your children because they need guidelines and they need boundaries, but you can start to communicate with them better in ways that are going to have them follow your directions or be more open Mm -hmm. to following your directions. Um, you know, each type has this message that they missed in childhood. Mm -hmm. And so if you know, you know, for example, the one the message for the one is that you are good ones just want to hear that they are good. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel like your child may be a one, then you're going to want to let them know that they're they're doing a great job, you know, because ones have this inner critic that beats them up all day long. So if they're going to do, if they make a mistake, I promise you they are punishing themselves more than their parents could punish them. Yeah. So recognizing something like that, if if you are going to, you know, get on your child for doing something or making a mistake or not necessarily criticize them but correct them, it's helpful to understand where they already are. Mm-hmm. So correcting a one is not going to help motivate them. It's going to make them feel worse mm-hmm. than they've already made themselves feel. Yeah. Um, so it's just things like understanding where they are and meeting them where they are and just helping them to grow in that.
0: Yeah. That's really good. I can't help but think of, of a type two, <laughs> the helper with chores of like, I would love to help. Um. Yeah. And how. Help- and twos. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. Twos have this
1: they, they, they just need to help. Like you said, they need to help. They want to help. That's how they feel valued and appreciated. Twos as adults can start to feel or recognize that, you know, everyone wants my help and no one's really helping me in return. Mm. And so twos struggle with feeling like they're being taken advantage of. Mm. So as a parent who sees that their child is willing to help in any way whatsoever and really rarely asks for help in return because to struggle to know what they need Mm. to struggle to ask for help to reciprocate and not make their child feel like that they are being taken advantage of. Not that kids understand that aspect, but it is a struggle as they grow and develop where they recognize who in their life is there because they want to be there and who in their life is there when they need something. Mm -hmm. And so for a two, it's important for them to be able to help, to feel valued, to feel appreciated, to feel loved, but also know that they're loved not because of the help that they give.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's totally where I was going to go was the, that fine line of a two picking up what's not theirs to hold or, you know, doing things that they think is loving and kind, but it's overstepping another child's opportunity to be responsible for their stuff um, and how that plays out into adulthood. So you said it perfectly. <laughs> this now, is why it's interesting that Crimson. you bring up the two
1: because <laughs> I just saw um, the alternate ending of the giving tree. I don't know if you've
0: seen oh my gosh. that floating
1: around. Yes, But oh my gosh, like from an Enneagram perspective, the giving tree, that poor tree oh is goodness. such a type two <laughs> and you can't pour from an empty cup. That's like the, the type two quote. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that book, the giving tree has like nothing left because the boy made the house and he made the boat and mm-hmm. he did all the things and this alternate ending, you know. The tree told the boy, no, Mm -hmm. the tree set healthy boundaries and was like, if I give you everything I have, then future generations aren't going to be able to swing from my branches and they're not going to be able to enjoy, um, the apples that I produce and that that's not going to be there. I'm not going to have anything to give them. Mm -hmm. And that's like such a powerful message Yes, or twos is to, to know that. It's okay to say no, yeah. because if you give of yourself to the point where you don't have anything left, you're, you're not going to have anything else to give. Exactly. And as kids, you know, even as adults who want to help, they always want to be able to help. And if they're just empty, mm-hmm. that's going to make them feel even worse because they're not going to have the capacity yep. to help and to serve and that's how they feel value in the world
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i've seen a bunch um where type twos bodies start to break down because they're holding so much in various capacity Mm -hmm. it's that body one of my favorite books that i talk about is when the body says no or the body keeps score and it's all about um basically when our boundaries are 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 done. (laughs) And we have let just so much, um, invade. Um, but yeah, that, that whole concept of they have to learn to say no and to protect their own needs and wants. Um, absolutely. Okay. Let's hit one more number. Um, I would love, what about that type seven, a happy go lucky. Uh little little happy
1: lucky child the Uh, wild child i call it mm -hmm. (laughs) um in my book i call it the the uh, high energy and adventurous Mm -hmm. students
0: um so sevens
1: (laughs) mm, sevens (laughs) they are on all the time they want to do all of the things they want to experience all of the adventures they have a hard time committing um so one of the things that i like highlight in my book is it's not that sevens don't want to do things. It's not that sevens don't like you. It's not that sevens um, you know, aren't great friends. It's that they are so often seek adventures that they're not going to commit to like Friday night plans on a Monday because what if something cooler comes up throughout the week and then I'm already stuck and I'm trapped in this thing that I said I would do? <laughs> And so it's, you know, it's hard. um, It's hard to get a seven to truly lock in plans. Mm. Um,
0: I feel like we are speaking my world. (laughs) This is my daughter (laughs) to a T and we like literally have had conversations these last two weekends in a row of like you have to tell us the plan (laughs) you have four siblings like or you know three other siblings and she's like but I I don't I don't I just but that sounds so cool and then we'll figure it out and yeah yeah
1: definitely we'll figure it out um they're also the type you know as adults because kids aren't really you know making the official plans but as adults if you're going on a vacation or something, the seven will have an itinerary of all of the things that you're going to do. So yes. you don't waste a single minute. You yeah. don't miss anything. And you are like booked solid <laughs> because it's going to be an adventure every minute of the day mm-hmm. that you're on your vacation. There's no downtime. No. Um, in the classroom, sevens are probably going to be the kids who are doodling. Sevens are probably going to be the kids who are fidgeting, who are, you um, probably looking like they're not paying attention, but it's just because they have to, like, they have to move. Mm -hmm. They have to have stimulation somewhere. Um, especially if it's like a lesson that's in lecture mode Mm -hmm. where there's no hands-on participation, it's really just teaching the information. Um, and that those kind of classes are going to be a struggle for sevens. Um, sevens like movement, Mm -hmm. sevens like to stations and rotations and moving around and, and just being busy. Um, and that's because they don't like to feel anything negative or sad or hurtful. They just kind of tune it out and ignore it. Yeah. And so that's their downfall, um, is not being able to well, it, they are able to experience it, but not wanting to experience yeah. those things, avoidance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: avoiding those things. Um, so, you know, they'll make a joke in the middle of a serious conversation to break that tension. Mm-hmm. They will change the subject if it's something they're not interested in talking about. Um, and so that's somewhere where as parents or as teachers, mm-hmm. um. You can recognize that if you have something that you do have to discuss, you do have to communicate to maybe do it in a way that's going to distract them from the conversation, but that you can still have the conversation if it's necessary to have, which there are conversations that are necessary to have that kids don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, or giving them you know, an opportunity of, hey, we need to talk about this. I know it's not something that you want to talk about. But we have to. So you just let me know, like within this time frame, when would be a good time That's to talk good. about it? Mm-hmm. Um just, you know, giving them a little bit of prep time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: time to think about it, not that they're going to because they're gonna avoid it <laughs> as long as they can. Um, but letting them know that it's okay. To experience these things and in feeling pain, in feeling sadness, in feeling down, that it's going to be happier on the other side. And that's what they want. Mm-hmm. They want complete happiness and contentment mm-hmm. and, satis- um, and satisfaction. So they're the adventurers because if something comes up that they don't want to deal with, they're going to go find something to distract them from dealing with it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. This is so insightful. I love that. And it makes me think of if you're wanting to have that serious conversation with a seven would, because you mentioned movement would like going on a hike and talking at the same time, be better for a seven because it's not just in your face. Like let's have this real hard. Time. Yeah,
1: definitely. Giving them something to do. Yeah. Which is why you know, in the classroom, if, if you know, you're going to have a boring class, cause we all have them. Mm-hmm. If you can't have fun every single day, you have to teach the things and then you can do the fun activities. Mm-hmm. So there are days where there really are, the kids are taking notes. Yeah. Um, on those days, your sevens are going to struggle. So give them an outlet to move, give them like a coloring book so they can color while notes are going on because they have to have some some stimulation mm. in order for them to not just get up and go crazy <laughs> and make the disruptions. Because if there's nothing going on, they're gonna be the thing that's going on. Yeah. Um they're gonna, like I said, uh ease the tension in the room, make yeah. the joke, mm-hmm. do something to to get some kind of attention if they are just bored that like they don't want to be bored yeah that's their biggest fear is being bored do you think
0: that's most often the class clown oh yeah okay (laughs) yeah oh man love you yeah trying to and it's not to
1: it's not to be bad Mm -hmm. they don't want to be bored they don't know what to do with themselves when they don't have anything to do and when they're Stuck taking notes, they're like, oh my gosh, this is like torture. I don't want to be here. <laughs> yes. Um, so they're gonna make it fun for them. Okay. So giving them some kind of outlet for simulation, whether that's you know, breaking up the lesson with all right, guys, two minute break. I want you to do 20 jumping jacks, and then yeah. I want you to get back in <laughs> your seat. Like, I mean, anything silly like that is going to get them up and moving, and then
0: let's yeah do another page of notes. Genius. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. This is so invaluable. Okay. So you guys, if you're a teacher, parent, counselor, anything with kids really, um, and you want to bring that awareness and connect, it really just sounds like a connection to their heart in a way that speaks to them. Um, go check out Sarah's book. It is coming out in the beginning of 2022, the student Enneagram. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show, and I just appreciate your time and your wealth of knowledge over the Enneagram, and specifically how it can apply to us moms, as teachers, parents, um, and all of the avenues, and and how it can play out in our kids' day to day lives, whether they're in school or at home doing chores and all of that. It's it's so valuable, and if you guys are are wanting to find out more about your type and to work with Sarah, please click the link below. We're going to post that. And, um, I know she has a offer, a PDF too, um, on her website that I saw earlier, and it would be invaluable for all of my listeners to go check it out. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much. And I, I loved this conversation. This was just amazing. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show today. I hope that you found that as helpful as I did. It just really excited me to really dig into that treasure of who we are designed to be. So if you were moved by this, would you go and fill out on the Apple podcast a review? I would love to hear from you. Share what has moved you. Share what the things that you would love me to hit on. I am all about creating a space for you to grow, to transform, and to build a phenomenal relationship with yourself, with Jesus, with your body, mind, body, spirit, you guys. So keep it coming, keep it real, and take care.